This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 87, a year of coaching reflection. First of all, it was pretty amazing just to be part of the whole professional development part of it for myself. But, yeah. you know, me jumping in, and that's kind of been my motto this year, is I want to be involved in every professional development of all the teachers that I can, because I can't help them integrate technology if I don't know what they're being they're learning in their PD. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for listening. As we head into the summer, it's always a great time to reflect on the year past and at the same time, think about your own professional development over the summer. Podcasts are a great way to just keep the learning happening without having to put in a lot of effort. So I really encourage you to subscribe to some podcasts over the summer, not just ours. I really appreciate that you're subscribed to Shifting Our Schools, but also get into iTunes or your Google Play Store or wherever you listen and find some other ones. There are some great educational podcasts out there that are specific to subject areas, specific to apps or ideas that you might want to explore further. What a great way to continue your own learning all summer long by just subscribing to a couple podcasts. So that's my words of advice for you uh, today. With that, I'm in the process of planning out our second annual one-to-one summer of fun. It was such a hit last summer that I thought I would repeat it this summer, where each episode will be all about the one-to-one classroom and teaching and learning and how the, how those uh, teaching and learning has changed in the one-to-one classroom. This summer, I'm going to build off of the white paper I wrote and just got published and go in-depth into how each of the principles of connectivism add and support the one-to-one classroom. So be looking for that in July and August. That'll be coming out in July and August. And I'll make sure I put a link once again this week to the white paper that just got published last week about uh, becoming relevant again and applying the, the connectivism theory to education. This week, I'm excited to have Jen and Bob, the tech coaches at Enumclaw School District, talk about their year of being a coach and supporting all these educators you've been hearing from the past few weeks. Coaches, this one's for you. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. So excited to have two of my favorite tech coaches with us here today from Enumclaw, Jen and Bob. And uh, it's been a fantastic year of working together, supporting this cadre uh, all the month of May, June, and it looks like probably into July, you're going to be listening to these exit conversations we're having with these teachers who we got to spend a year with um, in learning, uh, doing uh, crazy stuff in their classrooms, which is what I just love. And, and a lot of the learning that you're hearing from these conversations is coming from the support of Jen and Bob behind the scenes as well. So I'm so excited that I get to sit down with you two today and just kind of talk about what this has meant for you, your coaching strategies, uh, and, and that whole thing. So look, as we get started here, Jen, I'll start with you and have you kind of introduce yourself. Uh, how'd you get into the coaching role? What were you before you were a tech coach and the whole thing? So good to have you, Jen. Thanks. My name's Jen, obviously, and um, (laughs) I uh, was an elementary classroom teacher for 22 years, and then this opportunity came available at the end of last school year, and I said, I love technology, I love helping teachers, I'd had lots of student teachers in my classroom while I was doing K3, and I wanted to expand my abilities and continue helping people, so I applied, and 
lo and behold, I got the job. Yeah. And what's it been like for you being a K3 teacher for 20 plus years? And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're a tech coach supporting kindergarten through fifth, and then even now middle school, high school teachers, just that, that expanse. What's that been like for you this year? It's been crazy. Um, yeah. I'm, obviously, I'm very comfortable in the K5 realm. Right. I've had to work really hard at building relationships 612, um, showing that even though my experience is elementary, that yeah. good teaching is good teaching, and I can be an asset even for the high school teachers. So it's yeah. been a lot of relationship building and letting them get to know me this year. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that because we know, I mean, good coaching, it all starts with relationships. You've got to put in your time, time to build those as well. Cool. Bob, so great to have you here as well. A quick rundown of your, I think you've been teaching for like 110 years or something at this point. Almost. Almost. Okay. So some days it feels like 130 <laughs> and some days it feels like five. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Kilmer and I've been teaching now for 34 years. Awesome. Yeah. The last 10 years, I've been an instructional coach. Um, I started as a career and technical education TOSA, uh, part-time, uh, half-time pullout, and then I transitioned into the role of instructional technology coach uh, with the Newcastle School District to help plan and implement our one-to-one -one rollout. So uh, I, I'm still in the classroom, though. Um, I teach, I've taught as many as three classes during the day, or as few as three classes during the day. <laughs> And as many as four and so that's the current model right now i teach four yeah. classes in the morning and then um, i work with jen and our director of curriculum and instruction and deputy superintendent as a part-time coach in the afternoon yeah so as we kind of get started here with the conversation bob can you because you have the history uh kind of talk about the one-to-one -one program in enumclaw because I, I think it was four years ago it, it, four yeah. years ago we started this i can't remember sometimes how long it's been Yes, it has been four years ago, and, and we decided our model started um, at the high school, whereas most one-to-one -one rollouts, they start at somewhere in the elementary or middle school and then roll it up. We yeah. decided that we were going to start with the building that was ready, mm. and we felt like we had a responsibility to make sure that our graduating seniors were ready with technology uh, in the 21st century. So our high school administration was ready to tackle that project. So we started at the high school mm -hmm. with ninth and 10th graders and then moved down to our fifth graders and sixth graders. And now we're one-to-one -one K through or five through 12. And right. then we have partial sets in grades K through four. Right. Awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's been just a, a fun, I've, I've had the, the privilege to uh, work with Enum Claw for these four years. So it's just been a, it's been fun to watch this whole thing um, roll out. Jen, talk a little bit about uh, being able to support this cadre of mostly this cadre was a middle school, high school cadre of teachers going through this. Um, talk a little bit about uh, how this was set up. And, and what it has meant for you from a coaching to be able to support these teachers and, and some of the things that you've seen because of this year-long professional development that these teachers were, were a part of. First of all, it was pretty amazing just to be part of the whole professional development part of it for myself. But, yeah. you know, me jumping in, and that's kind of been my motto this year, is I want to be involved in every professional development of all the teachers that I can because I can't help them integrate technology if I don't know what they're being they're learning in their PD. So being part of the cadre was great 
watching these teachers grapple with how do I integrate technology? How do I make this more student-based? Um, you know, my big part was I was there, I was as a support for them. They would often call or stop in at my office and say, hey, how do I, or do you know how to use this? Um, most of them did not, you know, really invite me into the classroom, which was fine. Um, yeah. But I was more of that point person of, hey, how do I go about doing this? Or do you know any tricks? And yeah. so then I would, you know, if I didn't know it, I would research it and sure. get back to them and, you know, kind of work teamwork that way with them. Yeah. Is there a favorite project or, or a project that um, you can kind of speak to that you saw this year, whether it was part of this cadre or just something that you saw in the classroom that you thought, wow, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> I've been in lots of elementary classrooms, but you know, the, at the high school with the cadre, well, and I was actually in JB's classroom as well when he launched EduBlogs and I was, I was in there the day that he, he got that going and yeah, that was pretty exciting to see partly because I knew a chunk of the kids in that room because I had had them as a teacher, you know, when they were in kindergarten or first grade. So to see these kids again was pretty fun, but, um, you know, just watching the excitement of the kids or even the trepidation of, oh my gosh, we're doing something new. Yeah. How do we do this? And then watching, you know, those kids who have struggled in something else really excel in setting up a blog and being the helper in the classroom. That was pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, but then I also like the project that, you know, was done with Steve and Allison and Gunner, even though they will say that it flopped and yeah. it was not successful and they learned a lot. I loved that they were willing to completely go out on a limb, try something new and be willing to fail. Yeah. And it's been great. You know, we've already had, uh, so Gunner's interview is up. So if you want to go back and listen to this, this is uh, kind of the big thing. Gunner was episode 81. Uh, so if any of those listeners want to go back, this massive project they tried to take on, I just had the conversation with Allison yesterday and hers is coming out. And what I have loved is being able to sit down with them and reflect and how they all have their different take on exactly what you just said. It was this great project. Here's what we learned. It didn't work out exactly the way we wanted. Kids still learned. There was still learning occurring. Things still happened. But here's what we've learned that we're going to do different next time. And it's just been really fun to, to sit back and, and to actually um, listen to them reflect on, on their learning. So, uh, And then you also mentioned JB uh, setting up the blogs. Fantastic conversation with him. That's episode 82. If anybody wants to go back, that one just went out uh, last Wednesday. Um, so just some really, some really great stuff coming in. I think the blogging in JB's class is definitely, there's so much there to unpack. Um, it's so great that you were there to support and help those kids set up the blogs because it is, it's this really cool moment of all of a sudden I have a voice, you know, we talk about not writing to the teacher and then being able to give students a platform where you literally get to write to the world is a game changer. I love being in the classroom that day as well. Bob, how about you? As you kind of reflect back on this year, is there a project or something that, that you kind of think about and some of the supporting roles that you had across the district that, that kind of sticks out to you with, the, with either this cadre or just other teachers you've supported? Yeah, what I really liked about the cadre was the fact that it was this blended learning model yeah. that um, our coach comes in, Jeff Utech, <laughs> and talks to the group and, and about different strategies and different instructional techniques that they can use to integrate the technology and making sure that that um, was just part of the learning. Uh, and then saying, okay, now what are some of those idea things that can be the district initiative, irresistible, deep, authentic, and engaging for kids? What can you come up with to try and implement in your class? And 
it was fun just to watch teachers take that idea and roll with it. Yeah. And so for me, the, the excitement of teachers being re-engaged in teaching again, that was the, the part that I enjoyed most. Yeah. Uh, and then helping them through some of the struggles they may have had with either an instructional technique or a strategy to say, hey, how can we get all kids involved here? Uh, and so just talking to them about different ways that they could do that. Um, that's where I felt my support was. And yeah. then also listening afterwards to say, you know, this is working, this isn't working. How can we modify this to keep moving forward? Yeah. I love that. Talk a little bit about, um, cause you guys were on the ground and this is just, you know, a part of what I love about this conversation is great reflection for me as well on doing this, you know, year long blended learning professional development that we were part of, you know, and I know, you know, our first session together back last fall, we set up uh, blogs with all the teachers and we made them blog as, as a reflective piece. What, what, what did that, what did you see come out of that a, they didn't like it, which I love because you don't always like everything you have to do. And sometimes the teacher, the coach tells you, you got to do stuff. Right. And so I don't, I, it was, it was fascinating for me to watch them be frustrated and then kind of have aha moments, be able to reflect and, and even a, a different type of reflection. What was it like being on the ground day to day? Did you have a lot of conversations about trying to even support teachers and like, just, just, write something, reflect, hit publish, you know, or what was that like for you guys? It was pretty funny because the beginning when it first started, you know, the lunchroom talk was a lot more, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much time this is taking you. What is this? I didn't sign up for this, you know, yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable. And then, as, you know, as the time went on, it, I heard less chatter. Bob might've heard more because he kind of hears everything around yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the, that Jen described it pretty well, but I think people got more comfortable with it, the idea of making your work public. Yeah. And sometimes the, uh, I heard a good uh, comment from one of our coaches, Jeff Utech, that said, <laughs> don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that we kept talking to people about. Don't be afraid to sit down and write that and put it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Good is okay. Yeah. And uh, as people did more and more, and uh, they got comments back and feedback back, uh, they were more likely to keep going and get excited about it. And so I think that was a, a really um, phenomenal piece of that PD session. Yeah. I think it's been interesting too, because even as I'm having these, you know, exit conversations with some of the cohorts, a couple different people have said, you know, well, I, I couldn't believe it when I, I went in and looked at my stats on my blog and there's people from around the world reading my stuff. And it's so fast. The thing I love is we do that with kids and you wait for the kids to have that aha moment of like other people are actually reading me. And the teachers have that same look in their eye when all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is real. People do read this stuff, you know? And the thing I, I think I also, I also really like is, you know, JB took what he was doing. He kind of saw the power of blogging and then he did it with his kids. And Allison kind of did the same thing in the science class. She's like, you know, how do we make this public? How do we get them to make websites? How do we get them to be more public? Uh, and, and I, you know, I think a lot of that is through experiences that teachers a lot of times aren't public themselves. And even though we know we need to be, we just aren't. And so sometimes I think forcing something like blogging on people isn't always 
uh, a bad thing. And I think it's a pretty, in my world, it's a pretty low hanging fruit. I mean, most people are, are you know, especially teachers are, are great at writing. You know, writing is way less uh, stressful than video or even talking for a lot of teachers, you know? So I think it's, it's a good medium to get people interested in, but I think there's just a lot of, and just great reflection uh, that, that I saw come out of that as well. So, yeah, that was very cool. Um, talk a little bit about what, what are some of the, at, at kind of a larger level, and Jen, maybe I'll start with you in the elementary. What are some of the structures that you have seen that have been working really well in the elementary classroom as you rolled out one-to-one -one down to fifth grade and now you're in a, a cart situation between K and four? Are there classroom structures that you see that seem to be working? What, what's a lot of your support with, with elementary teachers around you know, that integrative use of tech at those, at those uh, elementary grade levels? You know, our, with our fifth grade being one-to-one, -one, our fifth grade teachers, well, a majority of them are fairly comfortable with having devices in their classroom. Yeah. We've got a couple that are still, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. My kids, I can't teach this to my kids if I don't know how to do it, which, yeah. you know, um, so there's lots of conversations that happen with them. Um, you know, most teachers, we, all, all the buildings get to figure out how they want to do their carts themselves. So we've got a couple of buildings that have broken up the carts so that every single classroom has devices every single day. So they can start figuring out ways to integrate. Oh, very cool. Um, other buildings still say, okay, your, your time is Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 11, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, which makes it a little more difficult to truly integrate because you still have an event. Right. Um, yes. So my job, what I did a lot when those elementary classrooms, because teachers didn't know how to use the technology, weren't sure what to do with their students with them. They would invite me in and want to see me do a model lesson with the kids around something. So my big go-tos were always Google Slides or Flipgrid. I said, here's yeah. your two choices. What do you want to do? And then I'd build something around whatever they were teaching in their room. And I'd come in and I'd lead a lesson. And then I'd Very sit cool. with the teachers and I'd talk to them about, okay, when I leave, how can you continue this? You don't have a full class set. Can you set up a station? Can you have this? once a week, twice, you know, what, what does this look like in your room? So I would always try to leave them with something to think about and not just go, okay, see ya. I just, yeah, right. Now it's up to you, you know? So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love also that you pick, you know, you pick one or two apps and just say, you know, we're not going to try to learn everything. We're not, you know, there's, there is a smorgasbord of them out there. Here are your two. You choose one of these two and let's build a lesson about one of these. They're simple. They're quick. You get bang for your buck as far as just an instant reward for kids, for teachers. I think I love that approach because I think you can, you can really create momentum of, oh, that was easy. Oh, that was fun. And, oh, look at the learning that I got out of that. You know, and, and picking those apps like that, I think, is, is really is really powerful. How has Google Classroom been going in the in the elementaries? Uh, it, are you mostly teachers using Google Classroom at this point? 50-50, where about are you guys with that? Oh. Um, all over the board. <laughs> yeah, we've really all over the board. Fifth grade's using it, I think. Um, yeah. And then any classroom that I've been in, I have made them go through Google Classroom. Right, it has yeah. option. We're going to launch this through Google Classroom. Well, I don't have a classroom set up. Great, it's going to take us two minutes. Yeah. I'll have to set up with you before we even, you know, get going. I'll get your kids on it so they know. Um, you know, it's that big, especially with K1 and 2, you have a lot of resistance about, oh, my kids can't log in. Well, yeah. yes, they can. Yeah. I, you know, I had a kindergarten class that by the 1st of October, her goal was all of her kids would log in independently, and she did it. You yeah. know, it, they can do it. Yeah. It's, it's 
messy and it's ugly and it's, it's <laughs> chaotic and yeah. Yeah. But it's good. And once the teachers realize that, oh my gosh, look at what these kids can do after a few yeah. sessions. They're, Sky's they're the limit. Okay. Yeah. Bob, talk a little bit about the one-to-one over the four years. What are some of the transitions that you've seen in your middle school and high school? And, and the thing I love too is, you know, you being in the classroom, especially up at the high school, that now over these four years, you've been able to kind of see these kids come through with, you know, with a take-home Chromebook is just part of their everyday learning now. And, you know, I mean, that's just how we learn. How, what, what transitions have you seen with teachers, with staff, with, with students on just the way learning happens? Have you noticed anything, like if you reflect over the last four years, um, just some of the transitions? Yes, you know, when we first started, it was the new device that's in the room and, and uh, teachers tended to focus on teaching, teaching some skills to kids. Yeah. And once we started with the instructional approach to say, how do you use this device to enhance learning? Um, I think that uh, teachers got more comfortable with using the device as, as not just a, a tool. Or they got more comfortable with using it not just as a computer, a one-time pull it out, okay, we're done with that, put it away. Yeah. That it's just part of their uh, daily routine. It's, part yeah. of their, it's just like their textbook. Yeah. Bring it out, use it, and uh, the learning the clicks, I guess. Yeah lack of yeah. a better term, the, uh, uh, that's gone away. Yeah. Uh, don't spend a lot of time on any of the clicks anymore. It's how do I use this tool to, to demonstrate my learning, yeah. um, to enhance my learning, to yeah. um, figure things out, to solve problems. And, and so and you think about that I, for teachers, it is this, it is a transition. Even Jen, like you were saying is when, when technology is still an event, and I think you said that once in one of our trainings and I stole it from you, right? Technology as an event. Um, and I think, but you're right. I think when you go one-to-one, uh, your mindset as a, as a teacher, whatever grade you teach, you, you just, right, you're used to, it's tech time. Go grab the Chromebooks, use the Chromebooks, put the Chromebooks back. And it takes a couple, it takes a while to transition that that could happen at any moment I need it to, right? And being able to, to look stuff up the moment I need to or grab, grab it when the time is right, rather than having to almost schedule in, I've got my laptops for an hour, you know, type thing. So that is, that, that, that's a great transition to see. Yeah. One of the things we've had, a, Jen and I've had a good time at looking at some of our elementary classes have created flip grids. Mm. And so we go in and they'd share with us. And, and so we'd go in and comment on their flip grids, but then we would create our own flip grid and send it back to them asking them a question or oh, very cool. solve a problem. And, and so they got to know who we were and going, well, who are these people and why are they asking us this question? <laughs> and so then it became this back and forth. And so uh, that's been fun to create those and get that uh, dialogue with especially our uh, younger elementary students. Yeah. That's great. I love that. What a great way that you can just interact directly, directly to students. Uh, that's, that's so, so cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'll let you guys go. I know we're, we're on your prep time here and I don't want to keep you for your entire prep time because you have stuff you need to be doing. So I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules uh, to sit down and just uh, talk a little bit, reflect a little bit about some of the, the amazing stuff that's happening in Enumclaw and, and your perspective from uh, the coaching standpoint. So I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll be back down there soon. Hey, <laughs> Great. Thanks, Jeff. You. Thanks, Jeff. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.